Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Dayton, Ohio, it's time for Dayton Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Dayton Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today, I have with me Terry Salo and Terry Wilson with Strategic HR Inc. Welcome. Thank you, Lee. Hi, Lee. Before we get too far into things, uh, Terry, uh, and it's dealer's choice, which Terry wants to answer this, uh, tell us about Strategic HR Inc. How are you serving folks? Terry, I'll take it. We are an outsourced uh, human resources management firm working with organizations with lean HR or no HR departments. We help our clients by delivering HR solutions and and also recruiting great talent. We save our clients time by by tackling their HR challenges, allowing them to focus on what they do best. Now, uh, Terry Salo, you've been with the firm a while. Uh, tell us about how uh, you got there and um, kind of a little backstory. Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, uh, I've been with Strategic HR two years, and you know, I moved to the Dayton area just a few years ago, and was looking for a, a firm to join that, you know, just provided excellent service. Uh, Strategic HR, you know, we've been in business for twenty five years, so have a very strong business foundation. About ninety percent of our clients come through referrals, so you know, got, just got a great reputation in the community. And, you know, I've had about 25 years in HR myself, uh, predominantly working, you know, in a, in a corporate role and in, a, in a, a large business environment. But I switched to consulting because, you know, I do find that there's a real need for expertise, especially for organizations that are like small to medium size, where perhaps they don't need somebody full time, but they still need that expertise or they need that extra pair of hands. And I found that Strategic HR, you know, delivered that. You know, they certainly have a great uh, following. And we've got a great team of professionals, both as consultants and recruiting experts, that, you know, we're kind of a one-stop shop. Anything and everything HR, we've got the expertise. And I, and I personally just enjoy having uh, the camaraderie and the team, you know, behind me. Um, all of us, while we might be the, 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 the primary consultant at a, at a client site, you know, we have a whole team of colleagues that we can draw experience from and we help each other out in that way. So I just think it's a great model and it's a great organization to be part of. What is the pain they're having where they go, you know what, it's time to call the strategic HR folks? That's a great question. And, and we do get that a lot. And so, you know, when should we consider, uh, you know, bringing somebody on? And what we tend to say, you know, certainly size has a, a, a component. The larger you get as an organization, there's a lot more legal compliance uh, issues and just a lot more you know, people issues to deal with. So as you grow as an organization, that sometimes can be an indicator. Other times is, you know, usually HR is being done by somebody as a second hat. You know, it's the controller or the office manager or a CFO. And when they're having to spend more time on HR-related issues and, and people issues that aren't really in their wheelhouse, that usually can also be an indication that, you know, we need to bring in an expert. Um, and then the third thing really is just growth. You know, as companies grow, uh, as they um, are expanding in different locations or getting into different uh, types of let's say, fields where now they need to bring on different types of talent, they need to develop their talent. Uh, you know, they might have a strong business model, but as they start to grow and to get in different industries, they may say, you know, I need to bring in someone who can really help me not just grow my workforce, but help prepare them for the future and, and, and keep us on that path of success. So, 
you know, there's not a one size fits all, but those tend to be the hot spots for where we see clients call us that say, you know, it's time to bring in an expert or another pair of hands to help supplement our own team. Now, are you industry agnostic or do you have specialties? It runs the gamut, Lee. We, yeah. we, we have uh, uh, the, the consultants that we have within our firm all have uh, a number of years each and, and come from all different industries. Uh, and and uh, each one of the consultants, for that matter, uh, have worked in more than one industry. I, for example, uh, have over 30 years of experience, over 15 years of it in manufacturing, 10 years in, in public transportation, uh, three and a half years in retail, all in HR, of course, but um, in, in varying sizes of businesses. Um, and and that, that's representative of all our consultants. Uh, so the, the nice thing is that each consultant has has uh, basically been around uh, and has had uh, just uh, myriad experiences. Uh, the, the, the even better part is that we rely on each other whenever we have a situation where it, it, it stumps us. It rarely happens. But sometimes if it does, uh, we can always turn to each other and say, hey, what do you think of this? And, and, and we, we've uh, we've generally had answers every time. And not not just uh, something to uh, satisfy the client. We've had a lot of times where it just uh, the clients were ecstatic about the answer we came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a real real fun part of this job and, and helping our clients, and especially in the Dayton area. I would imagine from the client's perspective, when they are getting you maybe there uh, as their main contact, but having the backing of a firm that has such a diverse background and such a deep bench you're bringing so much more value than one individual could possibly bring. But how did you lean on that to help your clients through this COVID uh, where a lot of those people were maybe for the first time having to implement a remote workforce uh, protocol or work from home or go back to work at the office protocol? How, how did you kind of use the whole best practices of the team to help your clients? Well, I, I will say that, that, for one, uh, we immediately went into action when COVID hit. Uh, I, I can remember the day uh, when when uh, we were scrambling. I, I think as all uh, employers were, as all of our clients were, uh, to to make some sense of it. But for us, we knew that for us to support our clients, we really had to to be on top of what is it that businesses must do. So I, I kind of, we kind of look at it in waves. So there was a, a wave one, uh, which is right at the front end of the of the crisis, um, and that's when uh, businesses were uh, handling the the immediate needs for quarantines, the the onslaught of information, the shutdowns, uh, furloughs, and leaves were being considered. The CARES Act was coming out, and it, it was coming out literally on a daily basis. And so for us, we collectively had to make sure that we were all staying on top of it so we could give good counsel to our clients. Uh, after we got through the, 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 the onslaught in the beginning came wave two. And that's when we were really helping businesses and employees navigate a different work environment. That is many times a remote work environment uh, or a, a, where people were dispersed. They weren't working next to each other anymore. They were spread out. Uh, and we also had to deal with and help our clients with managing stress and anxiety. We had to help them navigate unemployment. We had to constantly assess the business and make pivotal moves to ensure that they, they had some sustainability for the long term. Uh, we were helping our clients uh, to manage through 
the Payroll Protection Act, uh, small business loans. Um, how do you help people when they're, they're going on furlough? How do you bring them back? Uh, for many of our clients, the experience of dramatic change in their workplace, that is where they had to do things like altering their work schedules, staggering their shifts, doing remote work and so on, uh, was a big enough challenge. But add to that, employers who wanted to ensure that their employees were not traumatized uh, with the changes and could feel and could deal with being on furlough or, or deal with their own sickness or their family sickness or not being at their place of work, which had formed such a big part of daily life. Now, our clients asked for help on this because they cared about their employees. And so we were there for them the whole way. Yeah, and Lee, and just to kind of piggyback what Terry said, you know, as a team, we also were able to collectively to draw on our own experiences and what we saw our clients dealing with, but we acted as a team to help provide resources too. So, you know, we uh, collectively, you know, we had to meet on a regular basis uh, remotely through Zoom calls. We, we were meeting three times a week just to stay abreast of all the changes, you know, the, the new regulations. And, and, and we would also consolidate a lot of tools and resources that at any given time, you know, whether it was CDC guidance or if it was guidance on, um, you know, return to work or you know, how do you handle someone who may feel like they've been exposed or what about an, an organization that needs to look at downsizing or restructuring? You know, instead of all of us tackling all those pieces, you know, we, we put together a lot of task forces, you know, internally to say, let's tackle these issues so that, you know, we, we can draw resources quickly. And so part of that was creating toolkits, you know, of we, we very quickly created an employer's uh, coronavirus a guide, free guide on our website that kind of drew upon all these resources in one spot. And that was free to anyone, you know, who wanted to access it. So it kind of helped just be able to expedite answers if people had questions. So, you know, th those were some of the things we did as far as you know, putting resources on our website, we developed a lot of toolkits, you know, things like had mentioned just you know what's your response if somebody should come down with symptoms or should test positive you know what considerations do you need to give for furloughs or layoffs so you know a step-by-step -step guide that we can kind of talk in you know, our clients through as well as things like uh, webinars you know we hosted on regular webinars uh, throughout the COVID crisis and an HR panel weekly uh, to be able to just provide information you know out to the community you know uh, we would partner with local attorneys to kind of present up-to-date information as things were coming out uh, so that, you know, employers and, and our business professionals could just jump on those webinars. And then, uh, you know, week to week, we would, as a team, uh, take turns uh, hosting HR panels where, you know, people could call in and ask a question and, and we'd provide guidance. So we just thought it was really important not only to help the clients that, you know, we were working with directly, but just to be a good steward of the business community, you know, providing guidance and resources. And then we did have the benefit of having a deep team where we could all take different aspects of the crisis and say, let's tackle this because it's going to come up. And, and by doing so, we were able to put together a lot of resources that I think even today as consultants, we continue to pull those guides up because we're having to con continuously reference them. I think that, again, it helps to show the bench strength that we have as a team. And, and for our Dayton clients, you know, we're able to provide immediate answers because we really put a lot of effort in place and a lot of extra work to make sure we were abreast on the issue. Now, if dealing with COVID wasn't enough for you guys, how did you kind of then have to pivot a little bit and respond to the social unrest? I know diversity, equity, and inclusion is an important tenet for a lot of businesses, but when this was bubbling up, 
How were you able to kind of help them navigate those waters? Well, Lee, we've definitely seen an increase in the calls, uh, uh, requesting information and training on these topics. And we're finding that many employers are responding to the social unrest and diversity and, and inclusion topics. We, we recently, as an example, participated in a roundtable discussion about diversity, equity, and inclusion for a chamber of commerce here in Ohio. We've had one-on-one discussions with uh, business leaders and their leadership teams about the whole topic. We've seen clients who basically chose to handle this topic in different ways. We've had some clients who chose to have daily calls with their employees just to make sure that if anybody had concerns about the unrest and how it affected them or affected, you know, working with their, their, uh, their fellow coworkers, they would have regular meetings. Now, we, we had other clients where they just wanted someone to come in and help facilitate a discussion about this topic. But it's definitely something that, that made it an even more interesting work environment uh, when you have to deal with the stress of COVID combined with that that was going on. I mean, diversity and inclusion are not new topics, and nor is unconscious bias. In HR, we deal with the downstream effect of that on occasion, that we have to help em- employees uh, and, and, and uh, businesses to deal with that by incorporating best practices to ensure that you have respectful, inclusive work environment, that's what we've tried to do to help organizations. Are you seeing any kind of trends or anything you can project out for the rest of the year in the Dayton area? Well, I I know that Tara and I both have uh, continued to see uh, increased need in just supporting employers who are seeing an increase of COVID in their own workplace. Those who were quarantined and and maybe shut down for a while are now coming back or they never shut down, but are starting to see, you know, again, either employees who have come down with the illness or symptoms or a family member or a roommate. And, you know, we still find that some of our clients that we've been working with regularly are, are contacting us saying, well, we have another scenario, another incident that may be a little bit different. You know, there's a little twist to it. So, I think that for, for the next several months, we're still going to be responding to how do we handle an employee who is exposed or feels that they you know, ha- has tested positive, how to do the appropriate contact tracing in the workplace to identify who else may need to be quarantined or you know, be particularly uh, cautious with, with health screening, um, and what the ramifications are to, you know, do you shut the workplace down? Do you increase some of the, uh, you know, return to work guidelines? I, I think that is not going to go away anytime soon. And we're going to continue to be, you know, having to respond to those kind of issues. We, all, we also see some of our clients, Terry and I both been talking about, we have a client in Dayton who asked us, you know, they, they felt that they, they returned to work, they followed all the Governor DeWine's guidelines, but they wanted another person just to kind of do a walkthrough. Um, you know, are we doing everything we should be? So, you know, that's just kind of taking a much more proactive view. Um, and then uh, other clients who maybe initially just, you know, let employees kind of self-certify that they were okay to return to work. Now we're taking a lot more aggressive stance to say, no, we want to we want to go ahead and contract with somebody to do taking or take advantage of some of the technology that's out there. You know, there are, there are cell phone platforms and other kind of virtual tools that employees can kind of go through the self-assessment on their own and, you know, be the HR department or the corporate office gets a, gets a report. So you know, investing in those kind of tools that you would have never thought of six months ago. So those are just two trends that come to mind. Gary, anything else to add on that front? 
there's just a lot of pain that, that, that we've seen our business managers have, have experienced because of this, even when they remained at work, whether it was manufacturing, whether it was healthcare, whether it was uh, a business that, that did uh, software development, whatever it was, there was so much that a manager and the management teams of these businesses had to do to rethink how do we do business, satisfy our customer and keep our employees safe all in the midst of all this that's going on. And, and many times they had to restructure the, the floor plan. They had to, to decide now where are people going to work and they can't, we can't work like we used to. Many businesses have changed. And the, the feeling that Terry and I have had is that we've seen some businesses that feel like they may not go back to the way things used to be because they've, they're now finding there's actually some perhaps efficiencies. There's advantages. Uh, they didn't realize how well people could work uh, in the way that they're working now. So we think that there's some businesses that may say, you know what, if we have a certain segment of our, of our workforce that works remotely, maybe we'll keep it going that way. But the whole experience of dealing with that for the first time, I, I tell you, uh, it, it was tough enough uh, to, to try to keep the, the, uh, the doors of the business open. But when you, when you have to, to completely reorganize, restructure how you do business, it, it's like trying to change the, the tires on a moving car. So it, that's, that's the kind of environment that we had to help our clients with. Uh, and some of that was working with business leaders to say, let's break it down. We'll get through this. And that's one of the advantages of working with a firm like yours, that you have that expertise. You're not having to bring people up to speed from ground zero. These are people that can just jump in and work with that moving vehicle. They don't have to be educated about a lot of things. They've already seen a lot of things. That's right. And we, we kind of identified, I would say, even probably about four to six weeks ago as a team, and because of some of the issues that we were seeing also with some of our clients is, what are we going to do post-COVID? You know, once the crisis has kind of settled down, people are back to work, we're getting more back to work. What are some things that we need to start looking at so that we're not caught off guard? So kind of reevaluating, you know, with some of our, our managers, what, what were the priorities and how do we reprioritize? You know, how do we rethink what our future is going to be the next six to eight months? And it may be that it's completely changing the strategy. It may be, you know, we've got suppliers and, and customers that are, have changed so we, we've tried to also be um, kind of thought leaders and we need to think past the immediate and also foresee what are some challenges that, you know, might come about that we can start preparing for now. And so we've done a little bit of work with our clients, you know, in, in doing just that because they too have realized, you know, we've got to think longer than just what's happening through the end of the summer. If somebody wanted to have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Yeah, that'd be great. Well, we are on the web. It's uh, www.strategichrinc.com. We also can follow us on social media as well. We have a Facebook page and a LinkedIn profile. And uh, so any one of those avenues would work. Good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you, Lee. This was great. We appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Dayton Business Radio. (laughs) 